the web content accessibility guidelines version 2.2 expected to be released in May of 2023. So in one to two months from now, um, I am using the working draft uh, for that expected release. And I will use that to go through and summarize the different success criteria found and WCAG 2.2 conformance level AA. So using my checklist, which is sharing the split screen with me, I'm going to read through and quickly summarize each success criterion. Uh, the first has to do with focus appearance. Um, I've, um, I've changed the titles in my, in my checklist and guide to what I think are more commonsensical uh, uh, titles for each success criterion. So for 2.4.11, I have focus indicator visibility. I think the actual title is focus appearance. Oh, it is because I have that written. It's I've, I've also got links to all of the different um, success criteria. So you can go read the official documentation. But for focus indicator visibility, um, this is really getting at making sure that the focus indicator stands out from the page and that there is a minimum thickness um, and there is a uh, minimum color contrast ratio. Now, when you go through the official documentation, what can create confusion is that there are a number, there are two different ways to meet this success criterion. Um, you can do one or both, um, but both have um, different bullets to them where you need to work through and understand, okay, how do I, how do I meet one option or the other? Um, but really, the, the key here is to not get caught in the um, the different minimum requirements and instead just focus in on how do I make sure my focus indicator stands out from the page and how do I also meet the requirements that uh, WCAG has set forth. And I think the easiest way to do that is to have a solid enclosed border of two CSS pixels and then um, ensure that there is a three to one color contrast ratio between the focused and unfocused states, as well as between um, any adjacent colors. So any any colors that are on the background or any colors that are right up against the focused indicator. And so a good way to think of this is, um, is with uh, having a box and then, uh, or not having a box, having a rectangle. The rectangle is black. Um, but the uh, button is dark blue and there really isn't sufficient color contrast to um, make it very, uh, to make it stand out to where the focus indicator is uh, indeed focused in on that element. So with this, with this success criterion, we're just making sure that the focus indicator does stand out. And then on the next success criterion, it's uh, focused elements are, I have focused elements are visible and this is 2.4.12. And so all this is getting at is making sure that when an element does receive focus, that it's not hidden behind anything. So think of, uh, think of sticky footers and sticky headers uh, because those are fixed in place. Um, sometimes focus can get hidden behind them. And so you want to make sure there are no pop-ups, there are no overlays, there are no situations where um, an element receives focus, um, but the focus is lost because it is hidden or blocked by other content. Um, with 2.5.7 um, gets at dragging movements. 
And this might get slightly confusing, but the key to remember here is that if there is a function that requires a dragging movement, that you have an alternative where someone doesn't need to drag, but rather just needs to um, uh, have a single point where they can select an item and then a single point where they can place it elsewhere using a mouse or with touch with a finger or stylus. So this is not, at first I thought this had to deal, <clears throat> had um, concerned keyboard navigability, um, but that's not it. What, what, we're, we're, what the dragging movement success criterion is focused on is not requiring the dragging movement, but rather the ability to start at one place and then click another and accomplish the same, um, the same dragging function without the need to drag an item the entire way. So it's just, uh, think of it in terms of using a mouse on a desktop. We can select an item um, at one point and then we can go to another point and then um, click our mouse and then place uh, whatever we are dragging to that second point. So what this success criterion gets at is removing um, the dragging movement in between, uh, in between clicking and holding and then dropping. Rather, we just have to have one point and then a second point where we can accomplish the same thing. And this could be by a mouse and it could be by, uh, by touch with a finger or stylus. Um, the next success criterion is 2.5.8. Uh, this gets at target size. And so the key here is just making sure that our interactive elements, anything that we might click or select or um, add input to, or whatever the case is, we just make sure that has a minimum size. And so the minimum size um, required by, by 2.5.8 is 24 by 24 pixels. However, there are exceptions. And one of those exceptions is if the size of the target is not 24 by 24, um, let's say it's 20 by 20, then there is adequate space around that target to where another target could not be clicked. So if you have a 20 by 20 um, target and you, you add four by four space around it so that it, the total between the target and the space is 24 by 24, then you would meet this success criteria. Um, and there are other ways, uh, there are other exceptions to this 24 by 24. So for example, a, a text link in a sentence would be an exception or if the target spacing is essential. So um, think about how pins in a map can be close together. Um, the re really, there is no room to space those out. So that would be an exception. Um, so there are exceptions to this success criterion, but the important takeaway is that we are only concerned with um, with making our pixels, our pixel target, a certain size. And so, really, you don't want to get caught up in the minimum here. You'd rather go above and beyond. So, I would have my targets at least twenty four by twenty four, ideally larger, um, and and that way we don't we can avoid the exceptions and we can avoid um, we can avoid any possible any possibility where we don't meet this threshold. Um, because not only is it helpful for accessibility, it's just overall a better user experience when targets are easy to click. So think about when you're um, using a phone and you're on a website, if you, if you have uh, larger targets, it's easier 
to touch those targets and activate them. And what we want to especially make sure that we don't do is that we don't have um, targets that are close together and um, one is mistakenly cl clicked or selected uh, when another was intended. So that's all to what 2.5.8 is getting at. Um, and then with 3.2.6, um, I think most websites are likely conformant with this success criterion. Um, I, I have the title as help options consistent. So whenever you have help available, you want to make sure that it is available in a consistent and a predictable manner across um, the repeated, uh, across the, the, the web, the web pages that are um, part of a part of a common series of web pages. So you don't have to have every page have the same help at exactly the same place. Um, although that would that could possibly be ideal. But on the pages that are alike and have a common purpose, then you need to make sure that your help options are available in a similar, predictable and consistent manner throughout. So let's take an e-commerce website. Uh, with product pages, we know product pages are going to be a part of a, com they're going to have a common purpose. So we want to make sure that if we do have a support link on those product pages, the support link is going to be in the same place. Similarly, if we have a chat bot, we want to make sure that that chat bot is in the same place or it's not missing on some pages, but uh, there on others. Or if we have contact information, that contact information is located in the same place or at least similar place um, relative to the order of the pages. It's not with, with the web content accessibility guidelines. Whenever you hear consistent, it doesn't mean exactly the same, but it does mean consistent. So there may be times where the ordering changes or um, there may be uh, some slight variance, but generally there should be a consistency and it should be predictable. And so this success criterion doesn't require that you offer help, but rather if you do have help options that they remain consistent um, throughout, um, throughout the pages where they are repeated. Um, so if you do, like, as I said, it's, it's pages of a common purpose. It's not necessarily across the entire website, um, uh, because you might have, for example, those product pages on an e-commerce website, and then you might have the checkout pages. So the checkout pages might have different, um, different options for support. So for example, there could be a frequently asked questions link or a knowledge base link. And so if that's the case, then those wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily apply to the product pages, but ultimately here. We're just concerned with if, if there's help, it's available in a consistent location. With the next success criterion, it's uh, 3.3.7, uh, it's redundant entry. And so what this gets at is if information has already been entered by the user, and this is in the same session, so it doesn't apply um, for every time a user visits a website, but if information has already been entered, um, it's available either to be auto-populated or selectable. Um, and the exceptions would be when the uh, when re-entering the information is essential or the previously in entered information is no longer valid. Um, so what when re-entering -informa information is essential, that could be 
where you need to confirm a password to make sure that you have indeed um, entered the password that you intend to. Um, and with previously information, so some information is, uh, some information, um, it has time of the essence, right? Like it, it's, it's important, the timing, and it may no longer uh, be good once uh, a certain amount of time has passed. So that could be um, an illustrative, uh, that could be an illustration of when previously entered information is no longer valid. But the key with the success criterion is making sure that if, if a user enters information, so think of, um, think of a billing address and a shipping address. If the user has already entered into entered the billing address, um, then you want to, or the shipping address, let's say it's the shipping address that comes first, then we want to make sure that that information can be selected or auto-populated so that the user does not have to re-enter that information once again. And that's usually already the case with many websites because this gets to user experience as well as accessibility. So the accessibility leads right into user experience. And here we want to make sure that we are um, saving time and um, reducing the need to re-enter information over and over again. With 3.3.8, it's the last uh, success criterion under AA conformance. And it gets to, uh, it's, it's titled accessible authentication. And so the key to meeting this success criterion is that users do not have to log in by remembering a password or solving a cognitive test. However, there are exceptions to this. And so one exception is if the cognitive test is only recognizing objects, then that would be, that would still meet this success criterion. However, that's not optimal that uh, we have a CAPTCHA for recognizing objects, but it is recognized as an exception. Um, and the way to, there are many ways that someone can enter into a, enter a password without having to remember it. And so the, um, the official documentation page um, uh, lists out several different ways where you don't have to remember a password, um, but a password can be entered. So if the form fields are labeled correctly, uh, if you allow for copy and paste, um, these are ways where a password does not have to remember. There are also um, third party Third party, um, it's not necessarily integrations, but like a password manager, um, if, if, that, if, if that has, if the ability to integrate a password manager is available. Um, but, but what this is getting at is just reducing the, um, is eliminating the need to remember a password or solve a cognitive test simply to log in. Um, that, that is what this success criterion is getting at. Um, so, there are a number of exceptions and I won't go through them all here, but the point is, is that you, you do, you do have a way to log in without remembering a password or having to go through um, a cognitive test unless that test involves um, recognizing objects. So this, I have, this is a quick rundown of the web content accessibility guidelines version 2.2 conformance level AA. Obviously, this is only a quick overview, but now you have a really good idea of what each success criterion is getting at. In my WCAG course, uh, I will 
have video explanations of each. And so I'll cover a lot of the same material, but I'll also go into some of the examples. <clears throat> and then also um, I will link to that course below, but you can also download this checklist that I have been um, going through and sharing the split screen with. You can download this checklist at accessible.org as well as my guide. So with my guide, um, I expand upon these, uh, these initial uh, summaries and I provide examples and I, I also have a section where I go and have a, I, I have a um, plain English explanation written out. And then with the course, what I'll do is um, I just have that, that feature available by, by video as well. But the course is going to include all of the success criteria. So it's going to include um, 38 success criteria in 2.0 conformance level AA. And then it will also include um, WCAG 2.1 AA success criteria that were added. So um, all of the links will be in the description below, but this is what you can expect as long as the working draft uh, remains in place for 2.2 AA and carries over to the official documentation. If there are any revisions, I will note those below in the YouTube description as well.